The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. I was reading a fascinating story in the Irish Daily Mail about Irish identity theft and the price of such an ID is only €25. I heard Shane Beatty saying, is that all we're worth? Anyway, uh, to find out how it happens, why it happens, I'm joined on the line by the Head of Financial Crime of the Banking and Payments Federation Ireland, Neve Davenport. Neve, good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well. Now, seemingly what's on sale is pretty much everything about you. Your PPS number, uh, your uh, IBAN, your banking uh, account number and all the rest of it, your credit card. Uh, and so therefore you're utterly vulnerable. Where did the bad guys get this info? So it can be a number of different ways. Um, We have things like data breaches where people, uh, the fraudsters are going to get a lot of information about you um, or it could be something that you posted online or it could be a hacked website. So really it's things like, um, you know, be careful about what links you click on. You know, if you get an email, for example, or a text message, these are the kind of ways that fraudsters are getting the information from you. They're getting the people themselves to input it or they're looking at data breaches. So they're the two kind of main ways. Now, the data breaches, um, Irish banks have been shown to be vulnerable. There's been data breaches over the uh, for lots of companies. It doesn't really make a difference, I think, which company it is. Any company is, is open to a data breach. Um, we've had lots of different ones over the last number of years. And one of the biggest things that they're looking for in a data breach would be credit card details, because they're one of the easiest things to sell on the dark web. Now, a credit card detail, uh, obviously a credit card number, every time you order something maybe over the phone, it could be a a takeaway, it could be anything like that, you give your credit card number and then you're asked for the three digits of your security code. Mm -hmm. um, And it's an act of trust. It is an act of trust. So you really have to know who you're dealing with, um, if you trust them and what, what they're using it for. Um, you know, a credit card on by itself is is one piece of information. The CVV, as you mentioned, the three digits on the back is another piece of information. Your name is another piece of information. And then I always remind people as well that if you mention social media and all, if you just put your name into that, along with the credit card information they've already gained, they'd have a lot more information about you. So they really build up the profile on you and can have a lot of information about you Mm. very easily and very quickly. Now, I don't suspect that it's, you know, a series of individuals in front of a laptop or a desktop uh, doing all of this and gathering stuff together. I suspect it's it's almost uh, trawled for. You know, that they're doing this over, you know, large maybe data breaches and then trying automatically almost to put the, the bits together. Yeah, I mean, people that you're talking about sitting at a computer are going to be using it for themselves. The the people that we're talking about here are doing it for large pieces of information and selling them on. So they could have hundreds of credit card details that they're selling on for, the, as you said, mentioned the 25 euro or whatever the cost may be. So it's it's huge business for them and they're not looking to use them themselves and they're looking to sell them on. Now, when there are data breaches, whether it's a bank or another commercial company, mm-hmm. what recourse do you have if inadvertently that company or that bank exposed you to this kind of fraud? Well, you need to get on. So depending on who it is, you, first of all, you need to get onto your bank um, directly and you also need to get onto Angarda Shia as well because there are criminal investigations that will take place into data breaches. You also need to know exactly what information has been stolen and if it is available on the dark web. So there's a big piece of investigation that needs to be done around your security details. Um, it, depending, it all will depend on who you've given the details to, what the terms and conditions are as well of what you've signed up to and the, the security details that they have in, 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 in the process as well. 
Now, uh, in terms of being uh, vulnerable on an individual basis, uh, bring us through some of the, the, the ways in which we may make a fatal mistake. I think one of the biggest things we're seeing at the moment is with text message scams. So we've seen lots of different companies being impersonated. We've seen obviously the HSE during COVID. There's been recent scams as well with eFlow and I've been talking to eFlow on this as well. Um, And we're trying to get the message out there with text messages. Be careful when you get a text message that's unsolicited. So if there's a text message with a link in it, be really cautious about that. We would say never click on links in text messages. And often they will bring you to fake websites or um, whether it's a fake banking website or a fake website to input your details. So like um, think of all the different websites that your card details would be connected to. Um, Any of these can be impersonated. So if there's a link in a text message, I know it sounds really simple, but the majority of fraud that we're seeing at the moment is coming through these. And what has happening is when you click on the link, you're putting in your payment details, maybe to reactivate your account, confirm a payment, pay, you know, a customs charge or something on a package. These are all fake scams that they're using to gain that information. Is there any way we can be sure? Uh, I mean, if you get um, a message suggesting that your card has been used improperly and, uh, you know, we come across situations where your card is shut down. It's happened to me uh, a couple of times, happened to my wife, happened to my Mm -hmm. brother-in-law and he couldn't uh, use his card when he needed badly to use his card simply because he'd moved to a different jurisdiction and it looked a bit funny because he'd never spent that kind of money on that kind of thing before and he was shut down. So what do you do if you get this kind of message and you're now isolated without access to your card? Yeah, so two different ways of doing it. So if it's um, you get a text message, say, from your bank saying that there's been activity on your account that's unusual, the first thing to note is they won't have a link in it for you to, to click on to confirm or deny or whatever the case may be is they're only ever going to ask you to confirm by replying with a, a Y or an N or an, in, in the majority of cases. So there'll be never a link for you to click on. They're never going to ask you for personal information in the text message. So if you do get a text message with a link, whether it's your bank or whether it's another organization, you should go to that website directly or contact them directly. So never click on the link, go directly through an independent source. That is the, the only way to verify if it's, if it's real. Um, if so it's so in bank, other words, even if you get what purports to be a telephone call from um, your bank and, and people have uh, remarked that the number was exactly the same as uh, their bank, I don't know how the fraudsters managed to do this to make it appear like it's coming from your own bank's number. Um, you don't in any way reply to that. You just make the call separately to the number that might be on the back of your credit card. Exactly. Uh, they can spoof the number so it appears to be from your bank. And what I'd say there is, if it is your bank, they'll be completely understanding and they will say to you, no problem, call and you can hold back the number on the back of your card. What I will remind people there, especially if it's a landline, that make sure that you hang up the phone and before you dial the number on the back of your card, you hear a dial tone. I know that sounds, again, just a little bit basic, but it is really what it, we have had in the past. Now, it hasn't been recent, but we have had in the past where fraudsters will actually stay on the line. And when you dial the number in, they'll pretend to answer the phone on the other end because they're obviously still on the other end of the line. We kind of forget that with landlines. We're so used to mobile phones these days. But remember that to make sure that you have a dial tone before you call that number on the back of your card, because they could still be on the line. Within companies, I mean, people may inadvertently do something uh, and maybe not report it to their company because they feel they'll get into trouble. Oh, I clicked on a link and I shouldn't have done so. Say nothing and hopefully it'll go away. 
we have seen cases of this where people are afraid to report it or they even have tried to report it and they've been told, you know, like a junior member of staff have been kind of hurried away and said, don't be silly and it's grand, it's fine. But really, we urge businesses to have a culture where one, that they educate staff and know the risks of involved, what's clicking on a link when you get an email in. And then secondly, if they do click on a link to have a culture where you can come forward and say this has happened, because the sooner you act, the safer it's going to be. The more time, the more time you leave, the more time you're giving the fraudsters to act. Okay, well, a cautionary tale and uh, making us all even more nervous than ever doing business uh, online. But that's the future, unfortunately. Uh, Neve Davenport, head of financial crime at the Banking and Payments Federation Ireland. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.